Alright, our school of prayer again today. Let's open our Bibles. I want to start again from the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 6. What we do all the time, of course, is to correct. The disciples came to Jesus. They said, teach us how to pray. And so what he did was to correct. Um, They said their hearts right concerning how they were supposed to pray. That is, I said it last time, that the most important thing we need is to know what God wants to do. That's what the Bible calls acceptable words. It said, take with you words. If you are going to God, what you take with you are words. So you must know the words that are acceptable. You take with you what? Words. You must know the words that are what? Acceptable. It's not everything you say in God's presence. There are things you say he doesn't even hear. It's not as if he won't answer. He didn't even know you said anything. And it's unfortunate that many times Christians pray and God can't hear because they are asking him, do what you said you don't want to do. And they're asking it, they say, by faith. There is no faith you can have that is not founded. That is, you can't have faith except it is founded upon the understanding of the will of God. Any other thing you have is just desire, is an assumption, is presumption, is deception, self-deception, delusion. The only time you can say you have faith is after the word has entered you. It is a word that produces faith. Desire does not produce faith. Desire produces desire. Can I use that expression? <laughs> if you look at something too much with your eyes, you can desire it. The only thing that produces faith is the entrance of the word. Faith comes by what? Hearing. That is how faith comes. It's only when the word has entered you that faith is produced. Every other thing is desire. People say it's hope until you bring faith. There's no even hope. It's still desire. Scriptural hope does not exist until faith is established. Scriptural hope does not exist until faith is established. Please, let's get that order right again. Oftentimes, people say that you have a hope. You now go to the scriptures to give it substance. That is reading that scripture upside down. When it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, he says, that's what he was saying, that if you find hope, faith is a substance. That is, without faith, there's no hope. Hope does not make ashamed. Biblical hope is not doubting. I mean, like, it's not shaky. Biblical hope is not uncertain. If you read many of our teachings on faith, we say hope is uncertain until you, until you put faith in it. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there is no hope until you put faith. What faith produces is what the Bible calls hope. So this is how it goes. First, there is the word. The word produces faith or it's mixed with faith in your heart. And what is produced is what? Hope. So it says faith is a substance when anytime you see hope. If you see a man that has hope, it means he has not seen the thing. Because what a man cannot be hoping for that which he has seen. So that is a reality that's not physically manifested yet. And that hope can only come because the person has Faith in a word that he heard. 
There are two kinds of hope, therefore. There is hope that's based on a wrong word. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. For example, Abraham had the hope. He said, what do you give me seeing that I go childless? His expectation was based on experience. His expectation was based on what the environment spoke to him. Are you getting my point? That's what, that's what it was based upon. And God now brought his word to him. And he now based a new expectation upon that. Go and read Romans before. He explained it in there. So the man now hoped against that former hope. Hope is expectation. It's not desire. Please, let's get it clear. It's not when I have a desire. I'll now look for faith to shock it, you know. Have you ever gone to Niger Delta home before? You present cola. You know, Ibo man collects cola. They say cola does not speak English. You know, once you just speak Ibo to it, it's okay. Niger Delta man, cola does not stay unless it is wedged. Uh, they, they are confused. If you go to Niger Delta home, you present cola. It speaks any language, whether it is uh, English, Urobo, Shekiri, Ijo, you know, Afema, anyone you like speak to understand. As long as it is properly what? Wedged. How do you wedge it? You present the cola, you, you wedge it. These things, they under, look, money answered all things. Don't go and bring the wedge, you use to jack your motor. That's not what they are looking for. You put the cola down, you put 1,000 under it, the cola will balance. Any language you speak after that, it understands. The Lord is good. So sometimes we think that what, that's what we do. We have our hope, they will now look for faith to wedge it. No, that's not what it is. There is no hope until there is faith. Any hope that is based upon any other thing apart from the word of God is not certain. It can make her shame. It can disappoint. But if it's the word of God, it does not disappoint. I'll be getting my point here. So that's what prayer is for us believers. Like I said last time, we take our time to interact with the word of God. Listen, the, obtain your desires not from your environment. The problem we have with prayer is that we obtain our desires. Our prayer points are born from the environment. They are not born from the word of God. The more you spend time with God's word, the more the desires of God are generated inside you. And when the desire of God is generated, you understand, that is by his word, faith is automatic. Do you get what I'm saying? Therefore, it produces hope. It births hope. What is hope? Expectation. He said, when people, when I see people making decisions, I feel sorry for human beings. Christians, of course, human beings are born confused. The Bible says that they are perishing already. The one that makes you sad is when Christians are also perishing like the world. When they are making decisions like the world. When they are not, their expectations in life is not born out of having interacted with God. So their society tells them what they are supposed to attain. They not carry that one to God, and God says, hey, hey. So, am I here? You know, like I said before, we treat God as if he's one of those small gods. You know, it's G-O-Ds. They are just there. We offer them a sacrifice, then they pay us back for the sacrifice we offered. We bring our desires to them. No, God is not like that. If you read your Bible well, he generates desires for people. Abraham was settled. Then he came to him, leave your father's house. Did I tell you that I didn't like where I was? You're getting my logic. The prayer points Abraham had before, and after he met God, they were different. Settled in his own house, maybe he wanted his business to grow, then God says, leave your father's house. 
a new prayer point starts. Where am I going? Lord, lead me. Before it was, Lord, keep me in my house. Let no explosion remove my roof. <laughs> you know what happened in Lagos last a few days ago? That was his prayer point. Then when God says, you will leave your father's house, all of a sudden, a new kind of prayer point was generated. So you now saying, okay, as I go, keep me. Show me where I'm to go. He said, into a land and to which I will be your guide. Then wake up every morning, as you have promised, guide me into that land. Then one day, Abraham, because of his age, you know, sometimes you've given up. God has not even started. Do you hear what I said? Human beings may have given up, but the Lord has not started. He looked at his age, looked at the age of his wife. He turned to God and said, what do you give me, seeing that I go childless? God said, who talked about childless here? Then he gave him another prayer point. He said, no, I've made you a father of many nations. Your wife, Sarah, this one, will bear you a son. That's a new prayer point. Fulfill your word to your servant. That's the prayer point. Before it was, what do you give me, seeing that I go childless? He said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you at the point, at the point in time. And God said, as for Ishmael, I have heard the but my covenant will be with this one that Sarah will bring forth. That's a new prayer point. God doesn't interact with people and he leaves them praying the rubbish prayers they were praying before. He gives you a new perspective to life. He does. You start seeing life differently. Sometimes he shows you what your life is supposed to be according to his plan. Then that becomes a new prayer point for you. Before, all your prayers were, I need a job, you know I'm graduating next year, or I graduated last year, you know. And <laughs> those are the kind of things. Then one day you, you, you hear a word that says that everybody was born for a purpose. Now your prayer suddenly changes. Now, Lord, that's your new prayer. What is the purpose for my life? You're no longer going, you're no longer going to kneel and say, Lord, I need a job in the name of Jesus. Supply your work. No. Just because you went to church, or you bought a book, or you listened to a message, you found that it was taught, from God's word, of course, that before you were born, I knew you. I consecrated you. Talking with the, speaking from Jeremiah. God knew, knew me from my mother's womb, like Paul said. For this, you know, he said, I have come. You know, in the volume of his book, it's written of me. Jesus spoke. You understand? You see, all these people show you that your life is like that. Moses was a beautiful child. Ah, when you read all of these things, what comes to your heart is, hey, I didn't come into this world by chance. I'm a, you know, I'm a child of purpose. So next time you get on your knees, you're hungry. No problem. We understand that. You need a job. You need money. But suddenly those things take back, you know, seats in your life. When you kneel down and God, what do you want me to do? What did you create me to do? What am I supposed to achieve? When the Bible uses the word spirit, that's the meaning of the word spirit. The word spirit means what is the, ah, how do I say it? What is the arrangement of your internal structure that is propelling you to where you are right now, to what you want to do? To the next place you are going. That's not what spirit. You hear me say it again and again. It is not as if, and the Lord spoke to me. People say that my spirit said, if a man, if a woman, somebody comes to you and say, my spirit said, believe them. It's their spirit. But don't be confused as to whether it's the spirit of God or not. It is not. You know, the impression we are giving. If I, if you, if, if, if a Chris comes to me now and says, Pastor, I'm thinking, let's do like this, let's do like this. And I say, 
And I'll come and say, that's Chris, that thing you said, though, my spirit does not agree. I am correct. You should believe me. My spirit does not agree. But don't think it is the spirit of God that does not agree. It is Banky's spirit. People use it to want to confound people. You know, Pastor, that's not what my spirit is saying. Your spirit has a problem. I don't understand what <laughs> If what we are saying is true, don't come and harass my life with your spirit. Because when you use the word spirit, there are all kinds of things inside it. If the only thing you know, if all the information you have about life is what I shall drink, what I shall eat, how will I impress everybody that me to have arrived? Anytime you want to make a decision, your spirit will arrange to bring forth what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall clothe yourselves with, how you will buy land in your village and build the tallest house there. That's because your spirit is, has been taught only matters of fleshly pride. But you pray those prayers one morning, then in that evening you hear the word of God. Then you come back again. Now, talking about this purpose matter, I was born for a reason. Yeah, your spirit starts saying something different. Then next time your spirit wants to talk, your spirit says, ah, that thing is not in line with purpose. We're not born to be chasing shadows. You start saying different things. All flesh is grass. Bros, is that what we're going to tell God we did with our lives? Every time, money, 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 money. Where is impact, impact, impact? Okay, if we will stand before the Lord Jesus, what will we say we did? We built a house in the village? You see, your spirit has changed. Are you getting my point? Your spirit is affected by information. Tell you the truth. A Christian spirit is a totality of all the information around as affected by the word of God as the, and the spirit of Christ in him or her. Are you getting my point? That is what you call the person's spirit. If the person does not have the spirit of Christ... It's not a believer. He does not have the word of God. It doesn't make any sense to him. Then every time his spirit speaks, he speaks carnal things. Do you get my point? The things of the flesh. Every decision is made based on how does it benefit me? How does it preserve my flesh? But when the person has interacted with the word of God, that's where we began this from. He has a new set of desires. He said, but you are going to be losing in this process, so what will you say you have achieved at the age of 50? You have not done this and done that. Paul said, I understand. But in that process, if my life is being apparently wasted, but look at the people I'm affecting. Their faiths are getting stronger every day. The people are being built up in God. Christ is being brought forth out of them. And they let us waste their life. Do you get my point? You see, the spirit is only different. That's what I mean by you cannot have genuine Christian prayer points except the word has affected you. When John said, if you will pray according to his will, he wasn't saying, go and ask, does God want me to buy that thing or he doesn't want me to buy that thing? That's not what he meant. And John was not saying, qualify every prayer with uncertainty. I don't know what I get my point. It wasn't say end every prayer with uncertainty. And then the way a lot of people pray, I've seen it in a number of times. You pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we are going to protect us, guide us, keep us, if it be thy will. That's not prayer. There's no faith in it. That's not prayer. That's not a prayer of faith. A prayer of faith understands that God has written in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
I will keep your going out and your coming in. So don't come to him and say, if it be thy will. What do you mean? He's like, my son coming to me. So we're supposed to pay a school fees. New term is starting. Can I have my school fees if it be thy will? Now, I'm going to wonder, which fellowship do you go to? Yeah, because you guys must be confused <laughs> in, that, in that place. I paid the first year, second year. I've been paying all this while. And suddenly, if it be my will. What is if it be my will? I think we have established the will. If I would not have any other will, like, contrary to the will of God, He has given you to us as a responsibility. <laughs> we must do it. It's not like if it be thy will. When you pray, that, when John said pray according to his will, what he meant is that discover his will as you live every day, as you interact with the word of God. That's what generates for you desires. Any desire generated by the word of God is his will. I hope you're getting my point. The problem we have is that we get our desires from every other place. After eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we suddenly start praying for clothes. I hope you're getting my point. Did anybody remove their dress after they ate the fruit? No. It's not as if when they were clothed in one particular, then the cloth was removed. It was their eyes. The eyes began to perceive things that were not there before. Began to lay, you know, emphasis on things that were not important. Do you get my point? That's the issue. The eyes began to, you know, see what it was not supposed to see. That's why God, that's why God said to them, Ah, he said, you are hiding because you are naked. First question was, who told you? He didn't say, who removed your clothes? He didn't say, who removed your clothes? He said, who told you? That is, the fact around had not changed. It's your perception that has changed. Like I was saying on Saturday, a lot of people are making prayer points of things that God, God is wondering, what are you talking about? Things that are not important. You set goals for your life that God did not set. By this age, I must have done this. God said, where did I write that? By this time, I must have done this. God said, eh, that's news to me. I'm hearing that for the first time. My mate, God said, ah, I thought I set a race before you. Only you. So let's take two races and compare. Joseph race, Moses race. At what age did Joseph enter the palace? They say 30. At what age did Moses leave the palace? They say 40. Yeah, he was virtually born there. When did Moses get into his proper ministry? 80. Who's more honored amongst the people of Israel? Joseph or Moses? You say Moses. Say, so God said, how do we compare the races? Let me give you two other races to compare. John and Jesus. They are in the same village age, you know, what, what do you call that? Age, age grade. They were born six months apart, thereabout. They are relatives, cousins. At what age did John enter into his ministry? We don't even know. He was doing it before he was born. Ah, he was filled with the spirit from his mother's womb. Jesus was filled with the Spirit finally at the age of 30. John had romanced with the Spirit for 30 years. Are you getting my point? 
John gathered a huge crowd when Jesus was still measuring two by two, four by two. Two different races. Let me tell you, as a matter of fact, don't believe that gospel that said John did not know something. That's why he died early. John died at the correct time. Read your Bible well. Correct. His timing was correct. How do I know? Because Jesus was waiting for it. Jesus did not start his preaching until John had been removed. When he heard that John was taken into custody, that was the first time he preached loud publicly. He waited for John to enter into custody. From which he knew he would not come. Because John said, I must, in- I must decrease. He must increase. John baptized and baptized. Jesus hardly baptized anybody. His disciples were the ones baptizing. John did not do any mighty work. Jesus started with turning water to wine. The beginning of the miracles in the Cana of Galilee. Up to that point, Jesus said, of all men born of women, none was as great as John. Moses included. Joseph included. Elijah included. Let's not forget Samuel. This is a great man. Oh, ha, Abraham. That's John, no? It's John I'm describing. Yet, 30 years thereabout, they removed his head. And that was a great... Are you getting my point? So, so there are times we go to God, we sit down with certain prayer points. Pardon me to use the expression. And he's confused. So what are you talking about? Say, my mate. Say, ah, name two of them. You ain't got no mate. You don't have any mate. Are you a twin? He said, even if you're a twin, you still don't have mates. After all, jo- jo- Esau and Jacob, they were twins. Yet Esau have hated. Jacob have I loved. They don't even have mates. The younger will serve, sorry, the older will serve the younger one. They're not mates. If they were mates, they shouldn't serve anybody. They should be, the two of them shall be saved, or two of them shall save people. <laughs> What I'm going to say is that there are times you go to God with prayer points and, please, I just want to beg to use the expression. And he's confused. What are you talking about? He said, but this person has done this one and the person is my age. God said, who told you your age? You were born the same day. Does that make you age, mate? No. Your season has not yet started. John the Baptist was wrapping up when Jesus was about to start. And physically speaking, age mates. The problem is when we have desires generated from the environment, not from the word of God. Desires generated from the environment. When I hear people give testimonies, I just say, these are testimonies of the flesh. That's why we have to be careful to generate our desires from scripture. It's not as if we go to scripture to go and look for desire. Oh boy, where's desire? Let's look for desire. No. As we are building up ourselves, as we are studying, as we are, you know, this happens to me a lot. Anytime I go to where the word of God is, I always get prompted one way or the other. Sometimes I know what I should teach. I know what I should do. You know, it just gives me, the, I, I, I like, just where the word of God has been, like, I, my, um, that's our senior citizens fellowship, you know. Some of you know about it, okay. So we had our meeting on, um, I know I'm not a senior citizen, you know, but 
I, I, I work with senior citizens. Amen. And that's why I had to grow this beard to blend. <laughs> Our chairman saw me one day. He said, Banky, what are you trying to do? I said, Sir, I want to feel like I belong here, really. The man asking me is 86, so he can understand the point. <laughs> He's 86. All right, so um, last, yesterday, today's what? Tuesday, okay. On Sunday, we had our meeting again for the month. And uh, we're just studying the scriptures. A Bible study I had seen ahead. I wasn't the one teaching for the day. One of our uh, brothers was teaching. But I was sitting down there, we were just going to the scriptures together. And I kept on taking notes, writing things down. Not even necessarily on what was being taught, but just sitting down in that ambience. We're studying the life of Enoch. Enoch walked with God. What does it mean to seek God? What does it mean to walk with God? What does it mean to be pleasing to God? Just scriptures. Just one, two. When you're just reading the Bible, somebody will read. As it was just being read, I was just having ideas, thoughts. I would just open my phone, quickly scribble some things down so I don't forget. Sometimes I'm, I'm listening to a message and the pastor is preaching. As he's preaching, I, I will pause it to take notes not related to what he's saying. Not related to what he's saying. I realize that there's an ambience. Once you're in this, when the word of God is flowing around, listen to me, it even heals diseases you don't even know, you know, yes. are there already. You don't even know. You're not thinking of ailments, but it's being cured. In the same manner, it will give you thoughts, ideas. It will give you new prayer points. Those are the prayers that are in line with his will. A lot of us have imported prayers from the village. Like I said the other time, <laughs> you know, Phineas, amen? Let's do our Phineas ministry. See, a lot of these churches you, that you find thriving, if you go and check most of them, they started from Western Nigeria. You know, which kind of movie did they do here before, self? I don't even know. For that side, all the movie then are jazz. No, no child dies in a, in a Yoruba movie that was not killed by a witch. How can you die? Lie, lie. Even if you wanted to die, you wait for a witch to kill you. <laughs> a car cannot have accident. A car cannot get accident, okay, no, road traffic accident. Except a witch waits there. That's just the culture on that side. It didn't start with the movie. As a young boy, I don't know how many of you remember Ogunde. One of Nigeria's leading you know, movie producers. He used to you know cinemas. There were no VHS tapes or, of course, definitely no CDs or DVDs. Not, that was even before the days of the VHS tape. People go to movies. He did movies like Aye, Jayesim. You, you know what Aye, Yoruba means? It has many meanings, but you can use it to mean, literally means the world. Okay? But when you say Aye, it means, hmm, people. This is why I said it. Hmm, people. He had a number of movies like that. All of them, inside the movies, you see one woman will turn to vulture. Yes. That's all they did. All the, all the stage dramas in secondary school, I don't know, because all of you are very young. You watch Many of you grew up on VCDs and stuff like that. I grew up in our school. I was in boarding house. I wanted to watch play. It was real play, stage play. And there are drama troops that used to go around. They come to the school, they book with the school. So school hall, we have drama night on Saturday night. All of you, you bring money, it's not free. The school would have negotiated that, okay, it's 50 copper per child, 30 copper per child. Then you pay, they stand at the door, 
and they act real movies, real dramas for you. It was beautiful. But most of the dramas were what? Fight. I still remember one that, uh, some of you may know, if you know Fadi Oloro. Yeah, Fadi Oloro is second generation of Fadi. The original Fadi came to our school to do drama those days. Fadi, in modern Yoruba, they say home movies. Fadi Oloro is a, is a bad guy in every, you understand? But there was one Fadi before him, really bad guy. So those kind of people that one day he was going on the road. One girl was just talking to herself. This man said he wants to marry me. <laughs> Doesn't even respect himself. The man said, why are you laughing at me? They were just, you know, they were, she was going. They were going opposite direction. And they, she was talking to herself. At the point in time, she laughed. And the man stopped. That you just laughed. He said, is that man? Don't mind him. He said, you are laughing at me. The guy said, I'm not laughing at you. He said, you will not stop laughing. And he kept on going. The girl couldn't stop laughing. She laughed, trying to beg him, well, God, now remove the cause of laughter. <laughs> then one man passed him on the road and said that, uh, I forgot what he did. The guy said, hey, they don't greet you where you come from. It was a real juju man. He had one staff he would be carrying. He said, your head, your stomach, they won't stop any of you. The man began to have, and they, they would follow him up, but now begging him. That's how the, the place used to go. So I remember all that time. Then there's one woman, you know, in every film there's Bruce Lee, and then there's the boss. Mm-hmm. In all his own movies that we play dramas, there is a uh, him. There was one guy who was the main drama, who was the head of their team, Aworo. And one nice juju woman there. Aworo and that woman are always on the same side, and Padre on the other side. In real life, that a woman is his own wife. He's had his wife in real life. But in every drama, they are act enemies. So the drama will always end with fact, the, the, the woman was Kai. Her poetry was fantastic. She knew the Oduifa in and out. These people would talk for one hour non-stop. And that's what they call fight. So now, this is the gist. When all these people got born again and went to church, you know what we did? Just changed. The, the fight did not end. So if we have stomach pain, say, who did we see on the road that told us stomach pain? That is the mindset these guys came into. Unfortunately, they exported out the brand of Christianity all over Nigeria. That's why you find out that you get to America, they don't do that kind of Christianity. You go to South Korea, they don't do that kind of Christianity. It is this one in Africa. Why? The Jesus here is different. One day I went to go and preach somewhere. I finished preaching, talking about the victory in Christ Jesus. One woman left the place. Said this pastor does not know African demons. Can you see the problem? Me, I came with international Jesus. She's worried about. <laughs> she was worried with Af- about African demons. I said, hey, hey, all of this born out of tradition. So you see, all these uh, some of the churches, you know, they come from the West. Some of those people, they are mamana and witch. I'm serious, the Geo. I don't mean Geo of Iridimo. I mean the general vassal of that, the ogre of that, some of those denominations. The mother was a witch. They came from polygamous home where they fought every day. Some of those things in dramas, it's based on their life. Then when they began to get born again, that culture couldn't live. 
it's a human thing. And that's why we have to study the word of God and modify our cultures. Because even with Jews, you see it. Peter had that problem too. Peter came into Christ and he was confused. People who work with Jesus for some time. Jesus said, look, Peter, James, John, they will spoil everything. James, John, uncle, they, they wouldn't change. Jesus had to leave them. No, this, these guys were fishermen, local boys. Local boys are so hard to change. <laughs> the Lord Jesus had to go and get one guy that went to university. That one was enlightened, Paul. Paul had met people, Greeks, all kinds of people from different parts of the world. He had argued, he had fought. He had, he had argued before. God said, hey, that's why I prepared him like this. That was the person he could tell, come, see, there's no Jew or Gentile law. Paul said, no problem. Because he was used to Greeks anyway. He was a Roman citizen, don't forget that. Peter was a local Nazareth guy. Had never seen anything but Roman soldier in a Roman way. So Jesus looked and said, what will I do with these people? So he gave the revelation to Paul. So that Paul now tried to explain to Peter. Peter, there is no Gentile again. Peter says, it's true, it's true, it's true. Then the Southern they are eating with the Gentiles. Then people from Jerusalem arrived, came from James. As soon as they arrived, Peter told me, I want to ease myself, I'm coming. He went out, came out. When he came back, he said, who took my seat? He went and sat with the Jewish brethren. Are you not eating? No. Paul looked at him. Peter. He didn't know when he got up and rebuked him publicly. Basically, he said, oh God, Peter, shame on you. Look at you. You've been carried away by the hypocrisy of these people from Jerusalem. It's a human thing. You have to fight it in your own life. It's a human thing. We carried our traditional African worship, brought it into church, and we will not call ourselves prayer warriors. Today we are going to pray. We destroy every power of darkness. Every occultic power that's covering this place. That's set. God said, hey, where did you see Peter? Where did you see um, Paul and Co. go to preach? They were destroying occultic powers. They just preached the word. The word has power in it to destroy anything occultic. We, we took our African, okay, let me use Western Nigerian. If that's a bad one, we now exported it all over the country. You saw all these big, big denominations in Nigeria. Check where they started from. All these boys that grew up in polygamous home. When you, when you, are, you know, Pastor Corey told, told the story. I don't know how many of you heard it. Say when he was going to secondary school. His uncle came to their house and took him to 21, is it 20 or 17 villages. They put scars on his body that are dead to today. Why? He's just going to secondary school. He's not going anywhere serious more than secondary school. He drank concussions. When the man was driving from one place to the other, Fortify the people. People will not get to church now. They want that kind of fortification. And they call themselves prayer warriors. These prayer points were derived out of African culture. They are not prayer points from scripture. One of the things, I am doing it, okay? And you should do it too. As you are reading your Bible, check the prayer points that God gives. Yeah, he does that. He gives prayer points. Say, so pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into the harvest field. Write that one down. It's an important prayer point. You should. 
You see prayer points he will give. Pray. We're talking about judgment for Jerusalem. That you will not have to flee on the Sabbath day. There are little things as you are reading. What he says they should ask for. In fact, one of the prayer points you do when he declares an open promise. You download that promise into your life and into your environment by prayer. That's what you do. What am I going to say? Let's not live a life in which our prayers are generated by our culture, our environment. Maybe, for example, your culture has said that it's when you born boy, now you born picking. You now go to God, kneel down and say, one born boy. Because if I slap you, that if I slap you, if I slap you, if I slap you, say, Lord, don't finish it, let me just go. <laughs> so there's a cheap tasty title running in your family. Say so you don't know what they call traditional curses. That's where you come from. Your great grandfather collected the title. And you want to collect it too. And I will not give you a son that can inherit it. What, what do I look like? There are prayer points that we have. Eh? God is saying, listen, if you if you don't get up from there, if you don't get <laughs> No, it's a, it's a serious problem. You know, I found out very common. There are people who still feel bad, inferior. You understand? Because they have a culture where if you, ne- if you have not built a house in the village, you have not, you have not made it yet. A house in the village, is it good? I don't know. It's neither good nor bad. If you are using it, it's good. If you are not using it, it's bad. Yes. But is it a statement of whether you are a man or you are not a man? Don't be stupid. It's not a statement at all. If you have, you know, there's a way God blesses people in life. Eh? There are things you can do from pocket change. Do you follow my point? Yes. yes. There are things you just say, oh, this is what is disturbing me that oh, when they are going to the village, oh, okay. Let's tell one of your boys, come, put the house there. They're not even thinking about it. One day, one of my co- well, one of the staff in my department died, so we had to go and bury him. First, when he first died, we first went to his house to go and see his wife in Enugu. It's not the problem. Not everybody is very rich, so the house was not so bad. Then we went to bury him. Ah! <laughs> Where was living in Enugu? You know, you cross one small gutter in the yard to reach the gate. You know, you navigate, you navigate right around one mound of sand that they left or something. You navigate to, you finally get, they said, this is the entrance. You now enter the entrance. You know, they just managed to put one wall to entrap the veranda and it converted to a sitting room. You now see two tiny rooms that he and all the children are staying. To enter the heat that was frustrating me. I was just visiting. And the people are going to sleep inside here. Okay, well, praise God. Though. Then we reach the village. I said, what? He owns this house? He said, you see, one, one person in my office, one woman, we sat together, he was giving me lectures in Igbo culture. <laughs> <laughs> that you see, if he did not have this house, they won't have where to bury him. I said, oh, so he built a grave. <laughs> he said, now grave he built. I know what now. So we came and buried him there. She, he has achieved his life's goal. Yeah. He had a place where they can bury him. I had this conviction in my soul that if he had a decent place to sleep inside the noble, he wouldn't have died yet. You see, if you are not sleeping well, you are closer to the grave. Look, what I'm telling you. 
All this anti-hypertensive, I tell you, you just go and sleep. That's why you married men. Let me tell you how not to be hypertensive. All you married men. One, make sure you love your wife very well. Would they you are listening to me? Come and sit in front of me. <laughs> Where's your notebook? Be writing these things down. <laughs> because it's very important. In fact, one day, my friend in America, he said there's one very senior physician in his hospital, a white man. So the man was advising him, they're just talking. That listen, the most important thing in life, so get a good wife. It's a white man. So my friend, like, uh huh. So, so, why do you say so? He said, Do you know what? One day, after you have made all the money and everything, you are going to retire. And you are going to be seeing that woman 24 hours a day. <laughs> so, it's important you get a woman you can be seen 24 hours a day. So that was the only counsel I gave my friend. So all this one you are doing, I hope you got a good woman at home because, bros, at the end of the day, frustration will kill <laughs> An elderly wise man, that's what he told you. That bros, so get a very good wife because all this will come up and down. The money. Hmm. So now, I was giving advice to the day and call, right? Okay, good. One, get it. Make sure you are your wife. You believe the word of God. You obey the word of God. So if you don't want to be hypertensive, two things, guys. I'll, t- I'll tell the women later. May sleep well and have your wife massage your back three, ti- three times a week. You will not need a doctor. You will never fall sick. I will tell you more when only us are together. <laughs> the Lord is good. You know, this is my guy. I said, that place where he was staying, he could not have been sleeping well. And so, he died. But he had built a very good sepulchre for himself in the village. So we used it for the purpose for which he built it. That is the problem when we allow tradition generate prayer points for us. We have to fight worldliness. We have to fight it. It's not, for, it's not our advantage at all. What is prayer? Prayer is, let your will be done. So, you can't pray until you have interacted with the will, until what you desire is only what he desires. You don't bring your desire to come and harass him. You allow his desires to generate something in you. That's the way it works. God's desires will generate your own desires. It's not the society that will generate it. Anything generated by God by himself, don't worry, it's going to be fulfilled. No matter how great it is. There are things that are clearly written in scripture. Like I said earlier, there are things that are not written clearly in Scripture. Just the ambience of the Spirit will birth ideas in your heart. Yes. So whatever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. Whatever. I didn't say whoever. Whoever is part of whatever. You know that? But it's not exclusive or it's not limited to whoever. Ideas will be born of God. Business you know, plans will be born of God. Families will be born of God. If it's born of God, it will overcome. It will overcome. It will overcome. Let me say something to you about God's ideas being born of God. Most of the time, you don't even know, it will just be born. It's not, you're not planning to go and burn it. I don't know whether you can say like this. You'll just be going on the road one day. Your name is Moses. You just see a bush burning. That morning, you were not thinking about it. 
that morning you're not thinking about. You know, this afternoon, I, there's, if you, there's this series, reality TV, that, that they do on ABC in the United States called Shark Tank. If you, if you like business, please, I recommend Shark Tank. Get it and watch. You will learn a lot. It's, it's MBA on your TV. They've done over 200 sessions now. They've done like 10 seasons. They should be in the 10th or 11th one now. And so if you can get a lot of it and watch. You just see how business people reason, how they make you know, decisions, what they consider. It's good. If you are doing business, I, I recommend it. I personally recommend it, okay? But I was watching one of them um, a few hours ago. Just, just watch for like five minutes. But there's one guy there that Amazon bought his company for $1 billion. Yeah. He came on Shark Tank to raise money. They didn't, well, they couldn't come to a deal, so they didn't get any money from the Shark Tank. But then they continued to pursue, and eventually he began to do where they finally, his, uh, the name of the company is Ring. You can check it online. So Amazon bought Ring a few years ago for $1 billion. Now, the part of it I'm referring to is that the guy said, how did the idea of Ring come to him? He was just in his house, and somebody rang his bell. Maybe he missed a visitor because he didn't hear the bell ring. He was at the back walking. So he just asked himself, why can't the ring, when they ring my bell, why does it not flash on my phone? That's all. Why do I have to be where I can hear the bell when I have my phone with me everywhere? So he set out to design a doorbell that rings on your phone. So that wherever you are in the world, you can answer your doorbell. And that's how it is now. Somebody rings your bell at home. You're in Enugu here, but at that point in time, you're in Abuja. You pick it and answer the person. And the person will actually think you're inside the house. You have to tell your friend, oh, sorry, I'm not in town. I'm answering you from Abuja. Doorbell. So the idea just came to him that, wait, why do I have to be there to hear the, why can't it ring on my phone? This is modern day. So he sat and designed it. Try to get investors. That's why I came on Shark Tank. Make a long story short. Few years of, you know, working on it. Finally began to market. Amazon looked at it, offered and bought the company for one billion US dollars. It was in the, it was in the back of his house when an idea was what? Born. You know, many ideas are still waiting to be born. Let me tell you, child of God there. Please, I don't want to remember one billion dollars. Because I have, I don't want Christians to be covetous. Because there are many ideas that do not make anybody money. But they will see the ideas of God. I hope you're getting my point. I was telling my wife the other day, that yesterday night actually, we were at home just talking. I said, Father God, I thank you. That the waking now world runs, it makes me happy. That God gave us the idea to remove every hindrance from people getting the word. So, people have asked me, how do you market your materials? I said, we don't market it. We hang it on the internet for free. Eh? Eh? I said, yes. Like I said to you before, there are a number of reasons. It's not because of the money. Money is good, amen? God used to help people. But for me, people say, okay, you can make it cheap. It's not the cost. It is that it's, you make it less likely that somebody will download it if he has to go through the process of doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that. 
the stream it. It's just constantly going. I'm talking about ideas. That's what I'm talking about that. It's simply because when I talk about ideas, let's not get covetous about it. All these downloads we're talking about, it's not as if it's bringing money, but it's having the effect that God wants it to have. It's having the effect that God wants it to have. It's so easy for somebody to just say, ah, have you listened to this? He's talking to his friend across the world. I want to say, I haven't. Sends the link. Links are very small in data size. So the other one gets it, clicks on it, phew, it's on his device. Please, I hope you're following my point. So that's what I'm about, the ideas. And there are so many still out there. So I'm going to say that even though some things are not written in scripture clearly, many things that God wants to do with our lives will be born of God as we interact with him. And that would be a spirit-generated prayer point. Listen, if God gives you any idea like that, and you begin to work on it, you sense that this is how the spirit is moving, you'll be amazed at <laughs> you'll be amazed at how God answers prayers if you are doing the right thing. I've seen it before. I have seen it. Let me just drop this for you. You learn to pray about things. So. If you are a doctor, as an example, you have a patient, it's a difficult case, go to your office, go and pray. Lord, what do I do? How do I handle this case? Ah, God will give you ideas. I, look, I served in the, you know, one corner of Nigeria, Taraba State those days. And I didn't have a senior to help me as a doctor in the military barracks there. I had to believe God. Who? I had to believe God. And he always came through. I'm telling you, taking care of, they bring all kinds of cases. NYC doctor, if you want to know what they call ignorance, if you see somebody just finished school, I'm a doctor, MBBS. You all know he knows nothing. No insult intended. Just that after being a teacher in medicine for some time, I realized that our graduating students, the best of them don't know anything. Not because they are dull people, but because the volume of information they are supposed to learn is too much. So just teach them how to know where to find the information. That's what the training is about. Just to know how to find the information. You now imagine, you now say NYC. You now carry one guy, just the only one year of internship. Now throw him into the bush with the power to kill and to make alive. If you don't pray, you don't fear God. Because the, the responsibility is tough. So when I was seven, I learned to pray. I learned to pray. I think one of my books, I told the story of one of my patients. I went and prayed. Prayed for the demon. Drove the demon out of our premises. Demon ran away. We went and called the woman's husband. I said, come, go and bring her. So that one too came. I'm carrying his wife. I'm carrying her to Babalawo's place. He came and took her at 7 in the morning. When I knew I wouldn't get to the place by till like 9. I said, this is not demonic oppression. Of course, the woman died that week. But she couldn't, ah, no, no, couldn't down, down my hands for what? I'd done everything I need to do. I, okay. Turn the mother to prayer. Next morning, patient that had kidney failure, kidney had packed up. The kidney woke, woke up, sharp, sharp. She was half, she was unconscious. Next morning, she asked whether she could eat. I said, good. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, serious. Learn to pray over everything. You must learn it. I teach my children that don't tell me that one subject is hard. Yeah, secondary school. Why should it be hard? Don't you have prayer? And I warn them, say, don't ever feel confident that I know something. 
That's why you will fail. Go there, bow your head. Lord, I've read it too, and I think I know it, but the arm of flesh will fail me. If I what I wanted to teach today, I don't know why. The Holy Spirit just possesses my tongue, so I've been talking and talking and talking. I've not gotten to... Did I say we should open somewhere? Number six. Did we read it that time? I'm sure you are used to it by now, so no need to explain. Why I wanted to quote it that... Okay, I was, if I can, I can introduce it. But it's nothing new. I just want to encourage us again with that scripture. But one of the things I've been teaching my children, this is why it's along the line of what I wanted to say, is how to invoke God's name on everything that they do. And that's what I want to teach again today. You have to learn to invoke the name of God. If you do it, you will see results. You will. You know, my wife used to sell things a lot, but she's changed her emphasis now, you know? There are times you have a store full of things. Ah, that one, I used to see dramatic results. So she doesn't have time to market, doesn't have time to do this. I said, you know what to do now. And I've seen it again and again. She'll walk in and literally lay hands on the goods and say to them, move in the name of Jesus. She'll pray and start laying hands on them. If I lay hands on the goods, they will not go anywhere. You know, everybody has grace. I don't have that grace. As I lay hands on it, they stick to my hand. They are not going again. <laughs> but my wife will go in, lay hands in the, in the store. Lay hands, lay hands on things. And then, phone call. Hello, madam, somebody give me your number. That is, you will be coming to my house and leaving. Going, leaving. Ah, I still remember a few years ago. You know, January is supposed to be a dry month. You know, that's what people say. Everybody's broke in January. That particular January. My wife said, if they say January is dry, I should come and see. These are people will be coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. I said, oh girl, you get grace. God answers prayers. Anything you want to do, in all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him. Don't think you are wise. Don't think you are smart. Acknowledge God first. You will see results. Look, they will tire. You know, we grumble. Nigerians will love to grumble. If only we would learn to pray. You live in an area where the road is bad. Pray. The governor will... Re- you think these governors do things by planning? They are human beings. So. They are human beings. They have their plans. Somebody will just come and say, Ah, Your Excellency, how are you? Fine. Where do you live? Ah, is it that area? How is your road? Ah, Your Excellency. Hmm. We thank God. Though. Is that so? Just come to somebody. Why have you not had that area? We're on it, sir. It was not on it, <laughs> We need to learn to pray. We grumble too much. We grumble too much. What is going on in this country? Power will be failing. Power does not fail in France, but coronavirus won't let them go out anyway. <laughs> you know, God has used this corona to teach everybody a lesson. He has used it to, to teach. Now, nobody respects anything again. My friend sent me a message from Houston. He said, Banky, the whole of Houston has only 300 texting kits. He said, the world doesn't know what's going on. He said, they will soon know what is going on. That we can't test people. He said, doctor in Texas. He said, Houston has only 300 testing kits. In case you do not know, Houston is America's fourth largest city. That was last week. So he was laughing. He said, boys, they don't know what is going on. They had this time, what would they talk? He said, when we start testing, now go no how far. 
last week, then two days ago, they shut down every restaurant, every place of mass gathering in New York. Virgin Atlantic. Is it Virgin Atlantic? Anyway, Virgin Airlines, anyway, has told 75% of the staff to take eight weeks no pay leave. Same thing with BA. Well, let me not go there. Let me not start, let me not start talking. Those Trump angels blowing trumpet. Let's leave them for now. People there complaining, complaining. What's wrong with this country, sir? You go to, 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 to Italy now. There's no, <laughs> there's no power failure. No, I said, okay. You want to go? <laughs> they said, God, I'm just talking about the power failure. <laughs> Instead of us to pray. Do you know God answers prayers concerning power failure? He does. Just kneel down and say, Lord, this is our neighborhood. Power is now constant. It can be better than this. As simple as that. So, Lord, we're asking for your favor. But you know what people would rather say? EDC. If you go to GRA now, they'll be giving those rich people power, constant. This life, don't mind them. It's God that will judge. God said, I'm judging. That's why you're in darkness. You have not told me anything. You just come here to whine and complain. That's all you have done. And that's what we do a lot of times. We sit down, whine, complain. Who did they give the contract of this road to? That's the problem in Nigeria. They have not done it and they have not gone to jail. I said, no problem. I agree with you. It's a problem in Nigeria. They have not done it. They have not gone to jail. Any other thing? Nothing, Lord. I wanted you to know. Fine. I know now. (laughs) Bye-bye. Is it who will go to jail as your problem or you want your road to be good? Seriously. If those of us that God is giving light, he wants us to use the light. Settle down, bow your heads. One of my friends said something once. He said, listen to one message we preach, anatomy of prayer. He lives abroad. He says he's been wanting his mother to come and visit. He has tried many times. After I listened to that prayer, that series, anatomy of prayer, he sat on the floor, on the steps in his house. And you know, sometimes eh, when we have too much ability to pray, ha, right now, I speak to visa, open now, in the name of Jesus. God, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, look, you say, she, by strength, you want to prevail. Oh, yeah, we go there. Say, so we will now fast. When God sees our fast, you now seal it with a seed. God said, there's no problem. Go ahead. Your seed will not help you. Your fast will not help you. You think you are praying to me? No. You are practicing your principles. Go ahead. Said so that day, he just sat on the floor and said, God, please, give my mother a visa. I want her to come and visit. She went for the visa the following week. They gave it to her. No fasting. No praying. No seed. That seed does not work. I hope you know. If I, 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 I hate the idea of seed. You know why? It's because it gives people too much self-righteous confidence. Self-righteousness. Say God, I've, it, it, it basically what we are saying is God, I paid you. If you don't perform, you will refund. <laughs> basically, that's what we are saying. That's why I don't like it. I personally think it's ungodly. People preach it. I think it's, ungod- it's ungodly. You better are telling God, if they don't give you something, you don't release. He says, it's a principle. Okay, are you worshiping a principle or a living God? 
What do my children give to me before I release to them? We are dealing with a loving father here, not not an everlasting computer. I hope you get my point. Not to press the keys. No, it's a loving father. You ask, you make requests, you ask of him. Simply, my friends said that they just sat on the floor after listening to that message. Ah, you hear what I said there? Just say, Lord, I want to ask you for something. I've not seen my mother in a while. I would like her to be able to come and visit. Listen, God will write rules for your sake. Amen. God will write rules for your sake. Amen. He will. We just need to learn to just, you know, pray to him sincerely. Let me summarize what I've said so far. Well, I said we should open somewhere, right? We'll, we'll read it because I said we should open to it, but then we'll start praying again. But before we read it, this is what I've said so far. One, first, let's have desires generated from the word of God. That's one first point we made. Let's reject desires generated by the world. The desires of God will come out of our hearts as we interact with the spirit of God where the word is flowing. We make interacting with the word of God a constant feature of our life, lives. We discover that things will come out. Of course, there are things that are clearly written as desires of God. The other things will just come out of our belly. And when we are flowing along those lines, we will start making requests of the Lord and we will be working wonders in our lives. Anyone that is on the path of God for his or her life will see amazing results to prayer. It's true. As a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, the last point I'm emphasizing, I'm emphasizing again, again to us is, let us dare to pray. We don't pray enough. Let us dare to pray. Let us dare to pray. Let's dare to ask God to do things. Especially when we're asking the blessing for our environment. Let's ask him. You'll be amazed what he will do. Look at this outbreak worldwide now. Every day, I teach my children that one. We pray about it. Let it not come near us. Don't believe all that lie, those lies that uh, it doesn't kill black people. That's fried many, fried many black people. Killed one, 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 one American, Nigerian doctor in Italy. That was about two days ago. They found him dead in his house. He kills black people. Don't, anything you see on Facebook is a lie. Until proved otherwise. <laughs> all those things that they tell you doesn't kill black people. It's not to die. The heat. Heat, heat will destroy it. Iran is hot. Yet Iran is the third now in the size of the epidemic. Yes. China is number one. Which one is number two? Is it Italy? Are you sure? I think, it, 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 okay. But Iran is number three. No, South Korea is, is below Iran. I mean, like, the, Iran has beaten them. And they are hot. And they say, it, our temperature will fry it. <laughs> and demon of death faces you. Egyptian temperature, it, it, it fried the Egyptian temperature. Okay, that's it. Don't believe all those wishful thinking things. Somebody say, go and eat garlic. The smell of garlic will attract it into your life, trust me. <laughs> no, okay, it might work, sir, because when your garlic will repel everybody, people will give you distance. <laughs> As they are coming, you are smelling, they will move. Nonsense. What we do is pray. There are so many scriptures which are his promises which you take to the Lord in prayer. No evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. 
take that to the Lord in prayer. Say, Lord, this is what you said. Fulfill it in our lives in this season. God knows how to cut the draw boundaries for plagues. He can say, thus far and no further. Say, thus far and no further. He knows how to do it. At the end of the day, the people just be confused what happened. They won't know what happened. They will not start looking for explanations on what may have happened. Actually, there is a particular strain of virus that um, this happened, that when it got to Africa or got to Nigeria, that one was not as virulent as the other ones, so that one spread ahead, and the people got the immunity. When the bad one out came, they were already immune. Thank you very much for explaining the work of God to us. Or they will say, you know, because Nigerians knew ahead, so the head of Nigeria was in WHO that time, so he locked down the country before anything. Explain it. That's how you explain the time of Ebola. Ebola ran. Because God said, thus far and no further. That's what we Christians are supposed to do. Let's see that scripture. Number chapter 6. I I hope you are blessed today. What I wanted to share with us is the fact that we should learn to invoke the name of God over our lives all the time. God helping me, I will get back to it if he allows. He said, this is how you bless the sons of Israel. Numbers chapter 6, from verse 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Now notice verse 27. He says, So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and I then will bless them. I want you to understand something here. We have a responsibility as children of God, the priests, priests of the Most High God, to invoke his name. To invoke his name. There's something I wanted to start here, what I call the invocation. We did it a few times, but we have not been constant about it. Maybe we'll start it again. To invoke God's name. Listen, let me say this for a few minutes. You know, the deepest mysteries are in God. Yes. The deepest mysteries. You know, there's nothing people want to practice that God does not have the original version. What they find are just corrupted copies of spiritual things. That's what people, that's what you find people practice. If you go into cults, that is spiritual things, God created them. They are like laws. They are there. You can learn them, like I've talked about it before. Okay? Now, a lot of Christians don't realize that they are in the deepest or the, or usually the highest of the mysteries of this earth. So, uh, Christians often are impressed. If they see Babala was gathered, they are impressed. No, they don't impress me. I'm not joking. I am, listen, I'm not impressed. I'm not trying to brag or say, you know, as a preacher, you know, you have to sound. No. I am not impressed. There was a time I sat down. At, I don't know what prompted the curiosity. I decided to read what all these people are even saying. Of course, I know about Islam because from time we were young, I had Muslims all around me. But I went and got, got the book. The one that made me most, you know, the one that amused me the most was Grail Message. In the light of truth, Abdurashim. I read the volume number one. By the time I finished volume number one, I was like, bros, is this why people follow you? 
No, think about it it's like you have a PhD in mathematics. Then you're not some people following somebody that is a good mathematician. You're not following him. You're not teaching them quadratic equation. So you're like, excuse me, is that why they are following you? You're not them teaching them fundamentals of uh, maybe, uh, what they call it, differentiation and integration. So you see dy, dx, and you're looking. And you know you have a PhD in mathematics, which means you've learned a lot of mathematics. So you know when you get there, so you ask people, God, they say, come and see our guy. He knows mathematics. So you now get it, you sit down there, you see the man shining. Because he has a lot of ignorant people following him. People that didn't go to, they, they finished in primary two. They most, the most educated, they probably finished in GS3. So this man with his little knowledge of math is impressing everybody. Just like Simon the sorcerer. Everybody thought he was a great power of God. Until the Christians arrived. You know, when the Christians arrived, Philip being number one, are you getting my point? You know, the man had to retire. He too joined his, Philip, his school of Christianity. He said, this one I've been doing all this while. It's nothing. That was exactly what happened. So when I read Abdurashin, I looked and I said, ah, wait. You mean people gather around this? I'm sorry, I'm not bragging. I knew more spiritual truths than the guy was sharing. I'm not talking about gospel now. Just spiritual things about life. I said, what is all of this? Then one day, I can't come people too. I began to research. And I saw them describe the Mahanta. Uh-uh. And I'm sorry. I'm not bragging. This is not, what am I bragging for? This is not necessary. I found out that I knew more spiritual truths than these people. I could show them the holes in the things they believed. And they talked about the living, you know, the, the, the Mahanta, the God-man. And I said, what is wrong with you people? You can see. It's just clear scripture. You could see the scripture. He said the high priest could not continue because of what? Death. So the old Mahanta dies and they get a new one periodically. But when Jesus came, the living union of God and man, he ever lived to make intercession. The reason why we don't need a new Mahanta is that Jesus never died. You know, it's all so clear. I wanted to tell the Elka Kamana, no, no, no. All your Mahantas are fake because the real Mahanta is still alive. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. I said, what? This is just Judaism looking for the Messiah. No, read your Bible. He said the former, the high priest could not continue because they were mortal men. So occasionally, you have to get a new high priest because the old one will have died. But Jesus does not have a successor because he lives forever. It's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. You know when I heard the Ekanka people talk, I said, she, you boys don't know nothing. Come, let's give you lectures on spiritual things. No, Christians get easily impressed by, by half-educated spiritualists. How do they know? I'm not bragging. No. When I want to brag, we'll brag later. On serious. This one, I'm not bragging. I'm telling you the truth. I read these people and I say, ha ha, why are you following them? Well, that can't impress me. Dress in all the amotekun garbage you have. It can't impress me. One day in my office, no fun funny things. There's all hundred naira on the floor. Everybody refused to take it. I said, poor people. I told them, like, oh, you poor people. You can't take this hundred naira. They said, no, no. So I went there, took the hundred naira, <laughs> removed the dust, and put it on the table. So after a while, one woman came and said, who get this hundred naira? 
All of them, they didn't answer. He said, can I take it? I said, do you want it? He said, yes. I said, I authorize you to take it. But if anybody comes and says he's looking for a missing 100 naira, tell the person to come and collect from me. I didn't give her the background so that he no go fear. I said, just take the money and go. Do you know? I told them, all of you, you are not serious. You don't have money. God brought free money. You are still- The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Listen, it's not bragging. I'm in Christ, amen? amen. All my bragging, he said, let him that boasts, boast in this thing, that he knows the Lord. He said that he knows me, that I'm the one that executes righteousness and justice. That's what I'm bragging about. It's not me. How do I know? I'm bragging on the fact that Christ is the end of everything. Now, why am I saying all of these things? That's why when we use the word invocation, it sounds so mystical, spiritual, like <laughs> we are about to conjure spirits. I conjure spirits regularly. My children have learned to conjure spirits. Every morning I tell them, now let's invoke the name of God over today. That's what I tell them. Say, new week is starting, let us invoke God's name. We should learn those spiritual things. Once in a while, I do crazy things like put out the light. Light one can do. No, I just want you to feel like a babalao. That's all. Not as if it's crucial for spirituality. Just that I want you to feel, feel mystical. We are white. Thank you. Pour, no, pour red wine. You know, say I want transparent glass. Let everybody see this red. Say, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. <laughs> if your neighbors see you, they will, yeah, they will never <laughs> They will not come. They will come. <laughs> Near that door again. I'm telling you, no, people, I want Christians to know that they are the original Babalaos. Oh, nonsense, all of them. But one neighbor that goes to a shrine. We, 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 one, one man was stressing my wife on the phone. He, that, that man, he said that, I know they go to church. My wife said, hey, okay, I will let you know me at the go to church. You know they go to church? I will let you know I go to church. That things you say in my hearing, and I say, my friend, if you say that again, you will die. And I'm not joking about it. Don't, insult, don't, don't irritate me. We are playing calm. It's because we know the kind of spirit we have. Oh. You say the gentility of a lion is not the sign of timidity. Remember that? <laughs> 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 ah, what nonsense is that one? Because we don't want to kill people. I just trying to say there's no need to kill. If you, if you, if you raise so that, when I do you eye like this, if I don't, once I do eye like this for you, that's it. Confusion will come upon your soul. You will never see straight again. You will go this way, fall inside gutter. Go this way, fall inside gutter. One day, don't do what I'm about to do. <laughs> I told one man, if you dare me, it will only cost me one bottle of oil to finish you. One day, man, seriously. The man would have told everybody that I'm threatening him. I said, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Oh. I, I told the man, I said, I, I said, I will put the oil on your door. If you cross and we're like, cross and <laughs> The man vexed me. I was, you know, I didn't know what the man, he panicked. Everybody, they feared him. The man panicked. When I told everybody, Ka, they should come and see you. So the old woman in the department came and said, What happened? I said, I just warned him. <laughs> when I was in Lagos, the Lord is good. Look, I'm a Christian. No? I'm a, when I say I'm a Christian, that's not a joke. Now then you warn yourself. Oh. I'm a Christian. If I carry your name to prayer meeting, 
The Lord is good. <laughs> what am I saying? We learn to invoke the name of God. This is how my children and I do it. We generally, we use Psalm 23 and Psalm 121. Just say, everybody say after me, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my shade and my right hand. The sun shall not strike me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep my going out and my coming in. I said, we are talking to today. We are speaking to this week. We are invoking the name of God upon the week. Who has time to pray against witches? Have more important things to do. I invoke the name of God on my way. We start from Psalm 23. So everybody say after me. That's what my children, that's what they do. Everybody say after me, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I tell you, look, we are pouring God's name upon the day. This name is covering everything we are doing today. When you go to school, this name will cover you. Listen, say I'm God and there's none else. Many times we take his glory and give to other gods. Buhari, Nigeria Army, Nigeria Police. If your neighborhood is not safe, look for two or three Christians around there. Don't go to police first. What is wrong with police? Police will come and look for you, don't worry. One night you will come out. Just bring scripture and declare. You're not trying to... Sh- they don't have to see you. If you say God will invoke your name upon this neighborhood. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You start... Each, look, this book was given to us for a reason. They say a road is dangerous. Invoke the name of God upon it. Invoke God's name upon it. You see, a lot of people will spend so much energy taking God's glory and giving somewhere else. Invoke the name of God upon your health, upon your body. You start with telling God, this one I honor. My body is a temple of God. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. He's a Lord over my body. The body belongs to the Lord. That's what the Bible says clearly. You invoke his name. Thanksgiving is invocation of the name of God upon what you are eating. That name will kill poison. Look, let's rise to our feet. Let us pray. Let's just give it all thanks. I've spoken so much, I didn't plan to speak for this long. Let's just give the Lord thanks. Let's continue to give the Lord thanks. Thank Him for lights. Say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for lights. That's all we're thanking God for this evening. Light is understanding. Light is confidence. Light is direction. Light is boldness. That's what you just say, Lord, thank you for lights. Let Him hear your voice of thanksgiving. Thank Him because you are not afraid of what they are afraid of. Because you know something. Let him hear your voice of thanksgiving. Everybody give the Lord thanks this evening. Say, Lord, thank you. For understanding, thank you. For light, thank you. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Let him hear your voice. Give him thanks indeed. Say, Lord, I give you praise. Thank him. Thank him that you are not confused. Okay, maybe you were confused before. Thank him because confusion has been taken away. Confusion has been driven out. Maybe you were afraid before. Thank him because fear just left your life. Bless the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, I am grateful. I am grateful. Thank you, Lord, for reassurance that indeed you hear us. You want to hear us pray. People of God, give their Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you for light. I thank you for taking fear away from me. Thank you, Lord, for driving fear far away from me. Thank you, Lord, for confidence that I have again. Thank you, Lord, for letting us know that you are our Father and you want to let us, you want to hear us talk to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Can you give the Lord thanks from the depth of your hearts? Say, Lord, I give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless the name of the Lord, everybody. Just give him thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, because Christ is all. Christ is all. And indeed, we are seated with him. We are seated with him. Thank you, Lord, because we are not afraid of any threats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for confidence restored. Can you give him praise for that? Thank you, Lord, for confidence restored. We bless your name. We give you praise. We are grateful, Lord. Everybody give the Lord thanks. If that word blessed you, if that Lord, if that word increased your faith, give him thanks. If that word gave you confidence, give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Lord, we are grateful. All we were, we are just doing is to thank you. We are just thanking you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.